Good afternoon. I'm Bill Phillips from UCF Center for Distributed Learning. And I would like to welcome you to Strategies to Encourage Academic Integrity in Online Exams, part of UCF's Faculty Seminars in Online Teaching. Our intention in each of these 30-minute seminars is to provide a brief treatment of the topic relevant to online teaching while connecting our participants to an array of resources for more detailed follow-up. We believe that today's seminar will be successful if you walk away with at least one new idea or tool in your toolbox to teach online. I'd like to acknowledge the participants that are here with us on site. Thank you all for coming. They're coming in the door as I speak. And I'd like to acknowledge we have about 40 signed up online. I'm not sure, Linda, how many have 20 currently. Um, there's handouts here in the library. And for those of you online, we'll make sure that you get a link to those, uh, those handouts. And in the feedback form for today's session, please feel free to share ideas that you might have or also any comments or criticisms that you have of today's seminar. Please join me in welcoming today's speakers. Oh, first, let me acknowledge John is over on the, uh, on the soundboard, and Linda Futch is talking to everyone online. And I see that quite a few people have said hi to Linda in the, uh, in the online. So let me introduce to you Dr. Beth Nettles and Debbie Kirkley. Our webinar seminar on um, strategies to encourage academic integrity in online exams. And I'm going to emphasize the online exams because today that's primarily what we're going to cover. Um, yeah, if you talk about academic integrity, you know, it's an important topic across the board. And there are a lot of, in fact, the creed, the UCF creed, integrity is listed as the first item. So you can tell how important it is. Um, but today we're going to go ahead and talk about, you know, just how academic integrity and online exams work together and how we can develop a culture of, in, of integrity for the students. Um, basically, we're going to, you know, look at the problem and see what's going on. And then we're going to offer you some strategies throughout you know, what we're doing that you can you know, use to minimize some of the cheating that may be going on. So let's move on. Take a good close look at this image right now. Can anybody um, either online type in the chat room? Or you know, can you tell what's going on here in this aspect of cheating? Anybody? If you can, it, I know it's hard to see. Someone is texting, but if you look closely enough, there are three arms. <laughs> There's a fake arm on the table. I didn't notice it at first when I looked at it, so you know I, that's why I'm saying. Cheaters are going to cheat, and they're going to find ways, no matter if it's online or if it's in class. So, you know, what we're going to look at is, you know, how can we try to prevent some of this or minimize it? Who are the cheaters? Let's look at that first. Authentic Angela. Okay, so if you're having a proctored exam, or if you're online and doing an exam, how do you know for sure that Angela isn't Alex or someone else, you know. 
that is a question that I'm sure all of you have asked. If you're online and you see any of these and you agree that you've seen some of these, go ahead and raise your hand. Um, up at the top of the screen, you'll see where you can raise your hand and, and agree that you have seen this type of person. The next one is Technological Tim. He's very tech savvy, so he knows all the ins and outs of using mobile devices and phones, like you saw in that first picture. And then we have Quick Search Sam, and he knows Google, and he knows Bing, and he knows every other search tool out there. He knows how to search through PDFs with keywords, so he can find the answers very quickly with a cell phone at home sitting in front of the computer, and he can answer that test very quickly. Then we move on to Open Book Betty. Now, some might say, well, is this cheating or not? And it depends. We're going to show you later on how that makes a difference. You know, she doesn't read all semester, and then she finally, you know, has all her books open for the exam. Collaborative Colleen. She's not alone. There's other people with Colleen. And we're going to show you again how collaboration in test taking is an issue. And finally, Tattoo Taylor. Have you ever heard this one before? This Tattoo Taylor, he came to the class. He has a full arm tattoo, except on the under part of his arm. So he proceeded to write in ink all answers and notes to the test. And it was noticed, actually, in a proctored exam here on campus that you know, all of a sudden, you know, they started saying, well, why is his arm turned that way? And they realized when they did a zoom in on the camera that they had written tattoo, you know, within the tattoo um, answers. So students will come up with whatever they can to figure out ways to cheat. <laughs> That's basically the point there. There have been many studies done on academic dishonesty and on cheating. Um, I just chose one for today. And this one had to do with a un two universities with about 400 students. And you can see the information here. But basically, they were looking at the why do students cheat, you know, the why and the how. And they were trying to you know, investigate what causes students to feel motivated to Um, and again, in the how area, the collaboration was one of the most um, indicated items, uh, most common forms of cheating in an online quiz. So, and, and that's because students, it's easy. They go for what is easy. And they're going to walk away you know, and go join some friends, and they're going to sit down and take that test together. So um, they also found out that the synchronous um, test taking was actually the primary way they did it. It wasn't, I'll go in and take the test, and then I'll bring you the answers collaboration. They said more students did it synchronously. That's OK. Note taking and searching, again, you know, we mentioned those earlier. Note taking, the tattoo tailor there. And you can see with high tech now, students are so much more enabled you know, to cheat on exams. And so, OK, <laughs> sorry. Um, and that's OK. The high stakes exams are the, the most particular ones that they look at. 
Another way I found, this was a website, and I don't know if you all know about this, but they can go to it. It's called wetakeyourclass.com. And actually what happens is the student pays them, and then they take the, the exam, or they don't take the exam. She, she, oh, it didn't come up all the way. Anyway, this little quote from it, you can look at it on the PowerPoint later on, but it, it basically tells them that, you know, we don't, because one of the frequently asked questions is, well, isn't this cheating? And they said, well, we give you the questions. What we, you know, so that's not cheating. So it's really on the student's shoulders. You know, if you actually use the questions and the answers, then you are cheating. But we're not cheating because we're providing you this service. So it's very strange the way they work. There's also a lot of websites out there, and so you know that, or YouTube websites that they can go to that you know tell them how to cheat. So, so why do students cheat? One of the things on the study showed that students really wanted to offer an explanation as to why they cheated. And a lot of it was some of them didn't feel like they were cheating, like the open book. Um, and some of this came from previous experiences. In some online classes, they would take, you know, they would have tests that they would take, and the students would actually be allowed to have open book. They were more like practice quizzes. But then they come into this other class, and it's a high stakes exam. So they're like, well, it doesn't say anywhere that I can't have an open book. So they assume that that's OK. So there's some uncertainty there. There's the prior experience they've had in other classes. And also because they have, you know, maybe are doing poorly and they really feel, I have to get a good grade on this, so I have to cheat. Um, a lot of it has to do with behavior. Um, you can also, um, they, they consider things, certain things like multiple choice questions to be low risk, that they can get away with that. Um, go ahead. Okay, so what can you do? You want to try this at a proctored exam? Proctored exams have been used as a solution for the problem. Um, but as you can see, you know, do you want to go to this extent or this? Here's another way. So there's different ways that people come about to, to try to solve the issues. Here at UCF, we actually have come up with a solution that's called Proctor Hub. And I'm going to turn it over to Beth now so she can tell you more about Proctor Hub. a minute for the thing to gear up. There we go. Hello, everyone. My name is Beth Nettles. Um, welcome again. Um, I wanted to first let you guys know that um, I teach for the um, College of Engineering and Computer Science. Um, I've taught there uh, uh, two or three years now. Before I came to UCF, I taught full time at Valencia and at Seminole. So I've been teaching a long time. Um, and one of the things that um, I've always been looking for is a solution to doing online exams, a solution for proctoring online exams. So as Debbie alluded to, there's lots of reasons why people cheat. And there's lots of um, concern about um, cheating. And so the first question you ask is, well, so why do we do online exams at all? Why, why bother with them if we know that there's this risk of them cheating? Well, there's still benefits. There's lots of benefits to doing online exams. One of the things that um, in the research I found the um, 
there's a student flexibility. My students tell me repeatedly they like the flexibility of being able to take the exam when it's convenient for them, when, when they can set aside the time to do that, when they feel like they're prepared, and they really like that. Um, the one research study I found said students, um, not all students necessarily agree with that. Some prefer that the meet at a certain time or take a test on a certain day. But my students have always told me they, they really like the flexibility. Uh, the other thing is, they, my students tell me they really like the immediate feedback. They like, to, they like that, I get my grade right now. I get the answer right now. And they, and they like that. And if I give them a paper test, they don't get that, right? Because i got to take it home, i got to grade it, and they got to wait for that grade. Um, so they like online exams. I like online exams. I like not having to give my class time to do tests. Frankly, I really have a lot to tell them, and I really don't like having to give up the time where we sit in the class and, and take a test. Um, so it's, it's partly selfish on my part. Um, the online exams make grading much easier. It makes grading much easier for me, and um, uh, part of it can be automated, so it takes some of the load off. Um, there's a cost savings. I don't have to print all those sheets of paper, right? When you have a class of 90 students, if you have to do printouts of the paper, it's a lot of money. I never have short exams, so I, you know, you talk about 20 sheets of paper per student times 100, it's costly. Um, there's more testing options. So when I do an online exam, I, I can do more with the test in that environment. Um, and I like that. I can, I can, um, I'm a big advocate of, of grouping questions. So I do question groups, and then um, the students will get two questions out of five. So it's kind of randomized with the questions. And so I, I feel confident that not everyone in the class is getting the same test. That gives me more options. Um, it also gives me an opportunity to do a mixed question bank. So I can do some authentic questions, some short answer questions, some um, writing of code, along with some objective questions, multiple choice questions. So I feel like I have more flexibility with how I present my, um, my exam. The other thing that I read was that we can also, um, there's the potential for improving learning um, because you can do tests more frequently, you can do cumulative tests, you have a lot more opportunities to um, give the students opportunity to practice that knowledge and give you feedback with that knowledge. So online tests is a good thing. I'm sorry. Um, of course, there's problems, right? When, and and uh, Debbie addressed most of them. Uh, how do I know that the students are taking the test or the ones who are taking the test, um, the cheating? Um, there's a, some people I know reset passwords, give test passwords and then reset them. So there's that concern where you have to manage your test environment and keep track of that stuff. Um, there's the ability to um, take your students and have them go to a lab and have the lab proctored, right? So there's that option. Not necessarily for all colleges, but some of the colleges give you that option. And, and then you have to wonder, well, what about the proctors? What about the proctors in that, in that monitored classroom or that monitored lab? Are they good proctors? We, can we find good proctors? Um, are they really paying attention to what's going on? Or are they, are they other students who are reading their book while the, the test takers are being unmonitored? Right? Um, so all those are potential problems. Um, I, pro, I piloted, I participated in a pilot study of this new tool that um, the Center for Distributed Learning has put together called Proctor Hub. Now, Proctor Hub is a really cool tool in that it allows you to embed this um, tool into your course that has the students recorded while they're taking the test. 
So um, it's a uh, an LTI that gets added into your course. It has to be done for each course. And then when you create your tests, um, you can add the, the tool to it. And when the students take the test, their webcam on their computer captures them taking the test. And um, it's, it's a, a, a really, really interesting way of trying to take or minimize some of the opportunities for cheating. Um, and then you can go back afterwards and review the um, videos to see what you think about the things going on. Let's go. So it's an LTI that needs to be added into the course. And when it gets added, you have a new menu item that shows up that says Proctor Hub on the menu. Um, so you'll know that it's there. It has its own landing page. It also shows up in your um, quiz toolbar. So it's one of the options underneath that that V thing that shows up on your on your toolbar, um, and it says Proctor Hub. Uh, next one. Um, Proctor Hub is real easy to set up. The biggest thing that my students like about it is that there's no fee, so they're getting the the proctoring of their exam um, at no fee to them. So it costs them nothing other than they have to have a webcam, but they don't have to buy a webcam, right? Because Many of my students, anyway, have laptops, and laptops have the webcams built into them. So there's no additional expense for those students. Those who don't have laptops or don't have webcams, we've provided them in the library. So they can go to the library and check them out. Um, there's, a, there's a set of them up there. Um, and so for nothing, they go to the library, they can check them out, and they can take them home, and they can take the test and then bring them back. Um, also, the library has computers available where they could take the test in the library that have webcams already set up. So it's, um, it's not a huge burden to the student, and they don't have to um, pay any fees. That was their first concern. What's it going to cost me? Because if there's one more thing that i got to worry about, then I don't want to do it. Next. Uh, how do you prepare for, how do you prepare your students? Well, I suggest, and I think this uh, Center for Distributed Learning recommends, put a statement in your syllabus right up front. Tell them up front you're going to be using a proctored exam. And that they're expecting them to do this. Um, in the pilot study, what I did is I did a tiered approach. So the first class, I the first test, I let them volunteer. They could do it or not do it. The second, um, the second test, I required everyone to do it, but there wasn't um, any penalty if they didn't. And the third um, exam, I required everyone to do it. Um, but it was a pilot study, so I told them up front there may be some glitches, there may be some problems, etc. So um, most of those things got all worked out, and it's been really successful, their feedback. Um, share a link in your course to the Proctor Hub site. There's, we're putting up an FAQ page. On the uh, Proctor Hub site, there's also a, a place where they can go test their webcam to see if it's working. Um, I also um, provided the students with a practice quiz, a practice quiz with, with three questions so they could see what it would look like, how it would feel before they got into a high stakes exam. So they could go and, and they could take the class re repeatedly. And then I remind them, every time I have an exam, I remind them, don't forget, this is a proctored exam. You're going to be using this tool. It's going to be recording what you do. Can I do the next one? All right, this is what it looks like when you um, install it. What's really nice about the um, Proctor Hub tool is it adds directions already in there, so it tells the students um, how they're supposed to do this. This is an example of my practice quiz. It tells them, um, I gave them bonus points to do it. I'm trying to incentivize them because some people need that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I tell them they can repeatedly take this test over and over again to practice and get comfortable with it. 
Many of them really appreciated that. This is the student view. So I went in and took a picture of what the students see. So here's the, there's the picture that they see. They get to see themselves so they can see what they're doing. One of my students replied um, in my survey, it really makes you aware of your posture when you're taking the test. <laughs> Um, again, here's the, uh, the instructions on how to do it. And then if you go to the next slide, you'll see this is the questions. So you see the questions show up as they scroll through, and, and they can see the webcam was capturing. Um, next one. All right, so um, you have three ways to create quizzes with Proctor Hub. Once you have it installed, you can go from the Proctor Hub landing page, and you can select um, add to an existing quiz. So if you have already made all your quizzes right now and you want to go and try this tool, you can still do that. It's just real easy to add it to the, an existing quiz. Um, you can create a new quiz right from the landing page, or you can edit it um, and add it as you're creating your quizzes. Again, the instructions are already included, so you don't even have to worry about it. The wording's already there and been, and, um, been tested. And then there's um, support pages that, sh that give you instructions on how all this works. Um, this is the landing page I was telling you about. So you can see at the top the quiz list, the Create Proctor Hub quiz, adding a Proctor Hub quiz. And this is a list of all the quizzes that I have that have the Proctor Hub installed. You see some um, extra ones because um, I was doing for this presentation <laughs> repeatedly. Next. All right, this is what happens after, you take the, after they take the quiz. So when you go to the quiz list, you click on the um, quiz, you see these pictures. Um, the, these pictures are, are are being pulled from their um, ID cards. So you would see their picture here. And you can see how many times they attempted this practice one. This one that says shows more means they did it more than three times. So this is each attempt. Okay, next one. All right, um, the pictures are captured in, in uh, Proctor Hub every few seconds. Um, the, you can retrieve. When you first go back to look at their pictures, you get a series of pictures. So they're random shots. And then the, um, there's a script that runs once a week that then compiles them into a video. Some of the pilot faculty said they liked the pictures rather than the video. Some liked the video rather than the pictures. Um, I could go either way. I wanted to show you this picture because this one shows you one of my students taking the test in the library. So he's in the library. He's showing his ID. He's getting ready to take the test. Um, and the pictures are kept for a period of time. I think that um, they're still working on the policy, but my understanding is, is that they're going to keep it the pictures for as long as the students can contest the grade. So after that period of time is done, then they would delete the pictures off of the um, server. All right, next one. Um, so what's the viewing strategy? When should you look at these pictures? Well, if you have a small class, you could probably look at all of them, right? I have 90 students. I can't look at all of them. I don't, I'm not inclined to. So I do a random sample. So I go through and randomly pick out students. Um, anytime you see suspicious answers, like I have them write answers. When I see that there's two or three students who have the same answer and it's written the same way with the same spelling error, I'm suspect, right? So I'll go look at those and see what their videos look like. Um, and then any students who grade suddenly improves, right? So you're, you're doing C-level work, C-level work, and then all of a sudden you get an A on the uh, exam. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you did right here. Here's a, a video. A video. Uh, a captured one. So this is one of my students who gave me permission to show and share this video. So this is him taking the um, test. Um, is that the whole thing? Oh, so he shows his ID, and then you can see he's taking the test. Oh, you looped it over again again. All right. I like the one we had yesterday better. 
<laughs> All right. Um, the thing that's a kind of interesting about this, move on to the next one. The thing that's interesting about facial expressions, when you can see what questions are giving them a hard time, and they think really hard, and they ponder. And um, um, I did survey my students to give some to get their feedback on what they thought about it. I thought it was important since it was a pilot study. What did they think about this tool? What, what were their reactions to it? Um, I had uh, 76 students in the pilot class. 51 of them responded to my survey. 84% um, uh, of those who responded to my survey said they also tried the practice exam to make sure that they were comfortable with it. Not everyone did. That, to me, surprised me that not everyone took advantage of the practice exam because I would want to know that if it was going to work, right? Um, quarter, a little over, a little over a quarter of them said they didn't have any problems at all with Proctor Hub. They were perfectly okay with this. One of my students actually said to me, "You know what? I wanted proof that I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating, and this is proof that I'm not cheating." So he was okay with it. Um, some of the students um, disliked being recorded. Some of them students didn't like seeing themselves while they were taking the test. They found it distracting. The uh, programmers are working on a way to provide a cover for that, so they don't have to see them. Um, some were really concerned with who was going to see the video. Some were concerned with um, uh, what happens if they got up, what happens if something happened to the camera uh, while they were taking the test, what happens if somebody walked behind them or they had to go to the bathroom, God forbid, in the middle of the test. I said, well, what happens when you have to go to the bathroom while you're taking the test, right? You, you go to the bathroom, you know? So some of those questions I try to alleviate up front when I prep them and tell them, you know, this is a test. This is a, um, you're being captured, but you know, things happen, and that's okay. We just deal with them on a case-by-case -case basis. Some would write me notes. I was choking on a piece of candy. I wasn't cheating. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, some benefits to Proctor Hub. I found a, um, it's not a cure-all. I want to I really emphasize the fact that this isn't the end-all, all right? There's still ways to cheat. In fact, they're sharing with me ways to cheat. To, to cheat using the Proctor Hub tool. I get really interesting ideas from my class. Um, they're, they're all computer programmers, so they're, they're looking for ways around this thing. Um, but it reminds me of the cop on a corner thing, right? So if they know they're being watched, they're less inclined to cheat, right? And that's kind of what they feel. That's the feedback I get from them. I'm less motivated to cheat because I know you're watching. And, um, and so um, it, that's uh, not a bad thing. If you're interested in Proctor Hub, you can contact online support, uh, online at UCF support, and they will help get you installed and in, in, in contact with the right people that you need to talk to uh, about putting this in your class. All right? All right. Yeah. All right. I'm moving on. Right, right. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, we only have a few minutes left, so I'm kind of going to go real quickly through these last things because. You know, we wanted to show you Proctor Hub and how great that is, but we also want you to know that there are other strategies that you can use. Everything in these last slides is on the handout that I gave you, so make sure you have that or get it on the website. Um, basically, one of the things I read in a lot of the studies I was reading is offer alternative assessments for high stakes. Um, you know, see if there is some way you can do that. Now, in large classes, that that's a lot harder. So. You know, but authentic uh, things are like project-based, performance-based type of projects, uh, case studies, and things like that. So if you can do that. Again, um, some people have used formal contracts where you have the students sign at the beginning of class a contract saying, stating that they will not cheat. 
that's kind of trying to bring in that culture of integrity, you know. Um, and then another thing is make sure you have it in your syllabus, something about cheating. If you consider it cheating, then it needs to be written down somewhere, either in your syllabus and even in the instructions for the quiz. Um, that's one of the primary things that a lot of students say, well, I didn't know that was cheating. So make sure you have that you know, written down. Okay. Now these are the ones that I was telling you about that are on your handout. So I'm going to let her go ahead and breeze through these. Just, it's randomizing questions. It's doing settings inside of web courses that can help you, um, you know, to prevent the cheating. And basically, the story is, I, I have a friend that was a cop, and he told me once, you know, a thief is going to rob your house no matter what, but the more distractions you, or obstacles you put in place, the better chances are that he's going to move on and not become an intrusion. So the same is true with faculty and students who are cheating. You know, the more obstacles, the more settings we can use, um, the more types of things that we have in place, we're not going to solve the problem completely. But you know, we're going to solve it for certain students that don't want to go to the trouble now that they realize um, that this is happening. Another thing that's coming in the future is, is looking at adaptive learning. Because in adaptive learning, students are all on different paths. So it's very hard to cheat when you're on a different path. Sorry, I'm losing it. Okay, so any questions? Questions, questions everywhere. Ah. Okay, let me get the one online because we're running out of time, so I want to make sure we cover them. Um, where is it? How is this different from Respondus Products? It uses webcam. I'll leave that to Beth. Yeah, the, um, um, I don't know. <laughs> Short answer to that question is I'm not familiar with the Respondus product. Um, the only thing that I know that's comparative is ProctorU, um, right. where the students pay a fee. And then in ProctorU, they have someone who is watching the students while they're taking the test. This um, is a passive tool. So there's no one watching the students while they're taking the test. It's just capturing pictures. So it's, it's different than a live proctoring exam. So the question, the question is, um, if they don't have a webcam, does it prevent them from taking the test? No, they can still take the test even though they haven't enabled the webcam or are not using the webcam. So that doesn't prevent them from taking the test, which is a good thing. And then the other question was, did I get pushback from my students about requiring a webcam? And I didn't. I didn't get any pushback. I got more of a pushback from the handful of students who did not want to have their pictures recorded while they were taking the test. And, and the biggest pushback of that was the distraction. You know, the, the anxiety that, that, that was produced at a time when they were also taking the test. So that, that's why I reiterated to them, do the practice, do the practice so you get used to it and see it's not a big deal. But nobody gave me a, a, an issue about not having one or having to get one. Because immediately I said to them, go to the library. Yeah, so the question was, is there a time frame for when the tool for not seeing yourself, um, at the, for the students not to see themselves while they're taking the test? I know they're working on that. I don't have an exact timeline um, because they also moved the storage to the cloud, and so that took priority. But it's it's high on their roadmap. It's it's high on their priority list. So the question is, does that does adding Proctor Hub add to the my time as a faculty member with regards to grading of the exams? And 
And no, it really doesn't because I grade the exams first. And then if I have a problem or I suspect a problem, then I go back. So it doesn't really, at this point, it's still a pilot. So at this point, it doesn't influence my grading of their tests. Um, I, I grade all the tests, and then I go back and spot check them uh, and see if there's uh, time. It, it takes time, true, but, but I, I get the grading done first. question is, did I identify any suspicious behavior in the pilot of students doing that? And um, no, I didn't see any. Um, they were all very concerned. My students were hyper aware, and they were really, really sensitive to the fact that this was being done. And so most of the time, I got emails from students saying, this happened, and I wasn't cheating. Um, so I, I didn't see anything. Um, I, in, my, in this class, this semester, my pilot, I actually asked them to do something. So do something suspicious. Do something that looks like cheating so I could see what it looks like. And, um, and, and some of them did. Um, but most of them were really more concerned about taking the test and, and not, and, you know, and passing the test. So they um, I didn't get much. Uh, let's give a, a big round of applause to uh, Dr. Nettles and to Debbie Kirkley. Oh. Thank you for, and we will continue to answer the online questions. And we, if you all want to stay for a few minutes, we'll continue to talk to you about this. Uh, I want to thank Linda and John for facilitating. Please don't forget to fill out your if you're here face-to-face, -face, you can fill it out, the, the uh, feedback sheet. If you're online, uh, you have the URL or John will provide, Linda will provide it for you uh, on the feedback. Please uh, let us know if you have any ideas, suggestions for future seminars. And I also direct you to the handout of your resources for uh, everything that we've talked about today, and including how to add this, how to have this added to your course if you want to try it and, and see how it works. Thank you all very much for attending.